Welcome to Foresight Friday Roundup, Foresight Health's podcast series for healthcare revolutionaries. Outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Hello, everyone. This is Dave Berta, news editor at Foresight Health. Today on Foresight Friday Roundup, we're going to be talking about the big second wave of regulatory relief that CMS gave the healthcare industry. And we'll be talking about who will benefit most from that regulatory relief uh, in the long term after the COVID-19 outbreak is over. As always, our resident experts on Foresight Friday Roundup to comment on these topics are Dave Johnson, founder and CEO of Foresight Health, and Gary Bisbee, co-founder and executive chairman of the Health Management Academy. Hi guys, Uh, another week in the hole. How are you holding up? Well, my hair keeps getting longer and my cooking keeps getting better. Hmm. Interesting combination. I hadn't put those two together before. <laughs> well, maybe you could make you open your own restaurant after this is over, Dave. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we get started, I'm just curious if there is a, uh, a project or a task or a chore that you've been putting off for years that you finally got around to doing while you're sheltering in place. Dave, anything going? Well, I've finally come to terms with the reality that I don't need to keep uh, hard copies of Health Affairs Monthly Magazines. Uh, I had, I don't know, felt like hundreds of them, and and, uh, they went out to recycle this week. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) All digital, all the time. Gary, how about you? What, What did you finally get to? Anything? I finally consolidated all the wires under my desk into uh, a single batch. So now I'm not tripping over them. My uh, wife's cat is not tripping over them. So I'm feeling very good about that. They go directly into your head now. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Excellent. Well, both both you guys, it'll be a lot easier vacuuming right now with the uh, magazines and the wires out of the way. All right, let's get started. Uh, Dave, in late March, CMS granted some regulatory relief to providers that knocked a few uh, practice barriers down to help more people get care during the pandemic. Then a month later in late April, uh, CMS not only does it again, but does it again in a big way. Uh, you know, of the regulatory relief that uh, CMS announced on April 30th, what relief do you think was most important for providers and others uh, while the outbreak is going on? And uh, wh- why do you think that? Well, never waste a crisis. A uh, C- CMS really has implemented sweeping regulations meant to increase provider flexibility during this public health emergency. Uh, the new regs fall into five broad categories, uh, expanding the healthcare workforce, handling the surge in COVID-19 patients, increasing access to telehealth services, expanding home and community-based testing, and providing relief from many reporting and and audit requirements. You know, some of this uh, falls into the the follow-the-money payment relief, uh, you know, such as, you know, paying for antibody tests, uh, reimbursing for audio consults, uh, allowing AMCs to charge hospital rates for activities, they move out of the hospital to ambulatory settings while they increase capacity. Uh, But some of this really could lead to longer-term meaningful reform. Uh, 
CMS's uh, Hospital Without Walls initiatives uh, that allow uh, things like you know, testing and parking lots and movement of patients to long-term care facilities and so on, really do support the asset light concept that I think is going to be a big part of uh, revolutionary healthcare, you know, right care, right time, right place, right price, um, allowing people to practice at the top of license. I was particularly encouraged uh, by how much more latitude is being given to pharmacists to do testing and so on. And of course, uh, the continued support of the massive movement into virtual care. Those things, uh, those three things, asset light, um, top of license, uh, virtual care, I think are gonna be with us for a long time. And quite honestly, on the, the paperwork relief, let's see if anybody cares. Uh, you know, I'm sure some of that will need to come back, but hopefully not all of it. Great. Uh, uh, Gary, same thing. Uh, what provisions in this second round of uh, regulatory relief do you think will be most helpful during the pandemic? They've covered the details. Well, let me take a little bit higher level. I think the two that stand out, two of the five that he mentioned that stand out are testing and telemedicine. Uh, testing obviously has been a huge issue here uh, countrywide. We really haven't handled it particularly well. And it doesn't look like to me we're making a heck of a lot of progress. So anything that CMS can do here uh, would be helpful. So I think testing would be number one in my hit parade. Two would be telemedicine, which has hopefully revolutionized the way that uh, care will be delivered and sought. And if so, I think that'll have huge ramifications going forward. Uh, the long-term winner might be deregulation. And it probably relates to uh, who wins the White House in November. And uh, I would guess if uh, the current president wins, then we'll see continued deregulation. Uh, I'm not as sure uh, if a Democrat wins, how that's going to be handled. But hopefully we'll see this uh, continued deregulation uh, proceed. Great, Gary. Dave, any anything to add to Gary's assessment? Well, I'm I'm all thumbs up on the de, on the deregulation. Anything that gets us to uh, a more level playing field is, is good for good for the country, good for patients, good for the industry. Although it will leave some in its wake. The, the one I'd like to amplify, though, is on the testing side. Uh, I talked to a friend. Um, in Korea this week and in Seoul, uh, Korea, which is three times the New York size of New York City uh, on the day of the conversation, had 10 new cases. And the reason they had only 10 is they're able to test immediately, um, put people into isolation and then do the effective tracing. And you know, if you've got a, a city the size of, of Seoul, 27 million people, um, getting 10 new cases a day, you can open a society back up. So that's what we need to aspire to as a country. So I, I agree with Gary. I think uh, CMS is doing what it can to amplify our testing capacity. Great. Uh, well, thanks, Dave. Why don't we move on to our second topic today? And that's really a follow-up to the first. And you guys have started to, to allude to this. Uh, Gary, who do you think will benefit most from the regulatory relief in the long term? 
uh, after the pandemic is over and the relief ends, kind of, you know, what sticks around and, and why will it stick around? I think the big winner is the consumer, Dave. The amount of regulations involved uh, has really stood in the way of a smooth transition to the increased amount of data and how it can be used by the consumer. Uh, so with um, telemedicine, with the volume of data now available on mobile-wise on your uh, smartphone, uh, I think that if we can smooth these regulations out and align uh, the provider and the consumer, that's going to be a huge win for the consumer. Uh, second place is basically everybody else. So whether it's the providers or the employers or the health insurers or uh, the regulators, everybody wins with uh, less regulation. Dave, same thing. Uh, who, who benefits most in the long term and why? And uh, do, you, do you see the consumer coming out on top after all this is over? I do believe, like Gary does, that uh, the COVID-19 crisis is accelerating uh, the industry's movement toward value-based reform. Uh, you may recall that I wrote a little bit about this in the, the customer revolution in healthcare. And I think many of these, uh, these changes are here to stay and they do, they benefit uh, consumers, uh, they benefit providers that the enlightened providers that are moving toward uh, value-based care delivery. Uh, they challenge uh, traditional business models that uh, rely entirely on, on fee-for-service payment divorced from, from prices. Uh, so I think, you know, to put an optimistic spin on it, uh, that Gary's right, that we're going to move toward value and uh, the purchasers of healthcare and those that receive healthcare and even those that deliver healthcare uh, will all benefit from regulatory change, business model change that puts patients, consumers at the center of, uh, at the, center of the business models and uh, moves us toward a system that, that really does worry about getting and achieving the best outcomes at the lowest price with the greatest customer service. Great. Uh, Gary, uh, Dave said you're right. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Time to go home. <laughs> Time to go home. Um, uh, I, I, just one point, though, Dave, you brought up the value question, which I'm disassociating from uh, just cutting down regulations using telemedicine, more availability of data. And I think, uh, Dave Burden, that might be a good topic for next week or some future discussion, which is uh, value as we three probably would define it, uh, meaning payment model reform. I'm not so sure that uh, anything to do with COVID is actually going to change that. But I do think that we'll see a lot of change in how the providers and the consumers are aligned and hopefully they're payment system will track along behind that. That's great. Great. Thank you, Gary. And thank you, Dave. Uh, now let's talk about next week. Uh, Gary, tell me what the big healthcare story will be next week. The story is going to continue to be, and I'll track along with what Dave said about his discussion with a friend in Seoul, is testing and how we open up uh, the country. I think the health systems are starting to now perform elective surgery 
And that seems to be going relatively well. So that bodes well for the economics of the consumer and the health of the population. Uh, but we really have to get a handle on testing and some kind of process here. Uh, so I would guess that's the big story. Dave, your prediction for the big healthcare story next week? Well, I'll I'll, I'll uh, grant Gary uh, the testing, and I'll I'll add one to the mix. Uh, we saw the April uh, employment numbers come out, and uh, healthcare lost forty thousand workers. Um, we will bleed, we'll, we will get some of that back with the surge in elective procedures that will come as as certain parts of the country open up. Uh, but I think we're going to spend a lot of time this week starting to talk about how does healthcare redesign itself to accommodate uh, these dramatic changes in employment. Uh, Ernest, uh, there was a, a character in Ernest Hemingway's uh, book, The Sun Also Rises, who got asked the question, you know, Bill, how did you go bankrupt? And the, the answer was gradually and then all at once. And I think part of what's happening on the workforce front is exposing how vulnerable the uh, very high cost centralized delivery models are. And that's manifesting itself through some of these dramatic uh, uh, furloughs and layoff programs that are happening. So I think we're going to be talking about that as well. Great, great. Well, that, that's great, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, that's all we have time for today. As always, uh, I appreciate and our listeners appreciate your comments and insights. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed today, please visit our website at foresighthealth.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Burda for Foresight Health.